You're listening to the Faith Matters Podcast with Steve McKinley. Hello, and welcome back to the Faith Matters Podcast. I'm Pastor Steve McKinley. I'm glad you could be here with us today. Uh, we want to have a conversation here today about wisdom from God's Word. And so t- today we're going to be talking about wisdom as it relates to the family. Mm-hmm. And I'm very blessed here to have um, two family members, uh, not my family members, but uh, a father and son duo here. Pastor Les Hill and his son Josiah. Would you like to say a few words about yourself? Well, my name is Les Hill, and I'm the pastor of Gospel Baptist Church in Lucan, and not too far away from Brother McKinley here. So it's good to be with you, Pastor McKinley. And my name is Josiah Hill, obviously his son, and I'm studying to go into ministry at the moment in America. Okay. So uh, we're, we're people who, you know, we're, we're ones who have gotten wisdom out of the Bible. Yeah. And particularly Proverbs is found in the portion of Scripture, which we know as wisdom literature. And Proverbs is chock full of wisdom. And it's kind of neat. You know, Proverbs is 31 chapters. And uh, a lot of people who grow up in a Christian home or, or maybe familiar with the Bible know that uh, it's, it's uh, convenient to read one chapter of Proverbs every day in a month. And if you do that, you can read Proverbs in a month. And so uh, I encourage my sons to do that. And I don't know, have you encouraged uh, your children to do that? At times, absolutely. And I think it's a good thing to do and maybe something we should get back to doing again you know i think we could all benefit from it yeah and i even i was teaching a sunday school recently and told told my students yeah you should do that especially as it relates to teens growing up and needing the wisdom for adulthood right absolutely yeah i mean it's wisdom for all ages but particularly for young men right and i i just want to read the opening here of proverbs chapter one and it's basically what he what the writer here this is solomon uh, writing as if to his son to instruct him in the ways of wisdom. And basically what he says is that wisdom speaks. Wisdom is crying out to us. And so here's what he says, and I'm reading in Proverbs chapter 1, beginning in verse 20. Wisdom crieth without. She uttereth her voice in the streets. And so this is wisdom personified. It's like wisdom... Uh, pictured as a lady, Lady Wisdom, who is crying out in the streets. She crieth in the chief place of concourse, in the openings of the gates. In the city she uttereth her words, saying, How long, you simple ones, will you love simplicity? And the scorners delight in their scorning, and fools hate knowledge. Turn you at my reproof. I will pour out my spirit upon you, I will make known my words unto you. And so this is Lady Wisdom crying out really to simple young men. Right. And uh, young men need wisdom. And where do you get your wisdom from? Or if you have a son or you have children, where do they get their wisdom from? Right. You know, oftentimes I I think um, people get their wisdom from television, don't they? Yeah, or social media, I think, especially with the younger generation. A lot of the uh, information that they gather about society around them or even how they want to act is driven by social media and what influencers say. Right. Or or yeah. from the Internet or from National Geographic or whatever. You know, they, they don't tend to look to the Bible for wisdom, which is a bit strange because everybody's always known the Bible's full of wisdom. It's, it's always been in our mind. This is a sacred book. This is a holy book. 
maybe we don't read it as much as we should, but mm -hmm. we know it's full of wisdom, but yet the very source of wisdom is not being accessed and there's a gold mine out there. Right, know? and here's wisdom, I mean, literally screaming out from mm. the pages, listen to me, yeah. follow me, Absolutely. Uh, please, you know, I, I, I have wisdom for you, and yet uh, most people today don't have a clue about Proverbs, you know, don't give it any time, yeah. never crack the Bible open, uh, maybe aren't even thinking about gaining wisdom, just kind of floating through life and picking up group think from friends and yeah. whatever peer group you happen to be in. And you know, it's interesting, Josiah and I, if you don't <clears throat> mind me cutting in there, Josiah and I were talking about this because he went through the Leaving Cert system and uh, he was just saying, you know, you, you learn to study true stuff, regurgitate information, <laughs> you know, and... and 30 years ago, I'm dating myself here. <laughs> you know, I went through the Leaving Cert system, went to university, you know, and the same thing, you're regurgitating information, you get exam results based on what your ability to regurgitate information, but yet it's not learning wisdom. Wisdom mm -hmm. is very, very different. You don't get it from the education system. Now, okay, this brings up a great question then. How would you define wisdom? And why do we need wisdom? Well, I think I'd give that question to my son, Josiah. How would you define wisdom? How would I define wisdom? I think... Wisdom is how is knowing how to take the knowledge that you have and apply it to any given situation you might be in. Right. right. And and knowing the best approach to use knowledge in the right way. Right. And so a simpleton would be maybe one who just doesn't have wisdom or, right. or doesn't have the proper knowledge about life and living, doesn't know how to apply it, and so yeah. easily just or, you know, without any hesitation, just walks into a problem, yeah. for example. He gets like, totally tied up in, in a problem, gets himself tied into knots. He's a simpleton. He like, didn't have wisdom for life. Like going to Ikea, you know, getting a piece of furniture and leaving the book aside and saying, I'm just going to try and put it together. Now, some people can do it. <laughs> but if you give it to me, we're in trouble. Yeah, I, I can't do it with the book. So yeah. I just have to take it apart about three times before the final... Assembly no, I, happens. Yeah. Yeah. I have a son who can do it, so I just give it to him. Yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah. No, I agree. So, uh, so that's what wisdom is. I mean, wisdom is applying uh, the knowledge. Uh, it really, it's the knowledge that we get from God. We've talked about this in the past here on the podcast that yeah. that we have to get knowledge about ourselves from God. I mean, that's where it starts. And the Bible actually says it says here in Proverbs that the fear of the Lord right. is the beginning of wisdom. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we've tried to stress here uh, many times on the podcast that this is our guidebook for life. This is the instruction manual. This is the IKEA instruction manual for our lives. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and if, we don't, if we don't get instruction for life here, we're going to mess up our lives. So is it any wonder that, you know, we look around at life around us and everything seems to be in a mess? It's because, you know, we haven't been living by God's wisdom. Yeah. But there is wisdom for us here that's just crying out. And crying out to the simple ones to take, um, to rather than delight in scorning and hating knowledge, maybe you laugh at, at the the very thought of getting your knowledge from God. Uh, wisdom is saying, "Turn you up my reproof, and uh, I will pour out my spirit unto you." And so, uh, boy, this is what wisdom promises for us to get a portion of God's spirit. And to get wisdom for life, you know, what's not to desire about that? Absolutely. But I think there's one thing in our society that is completely breaking down. And I think this is the scope of what we were talking about today is the family. Mm 
mm-hmm. you know, and wisdom should be passed down from father to son. Mm-hmm. And when fathers look to the educational system or other sources in the world to pass on wisdom, they're neglecting their responsibility of get passing wisdom down because fathers, like my father had so much wisdom to pass on to me. His father had so much wisdom to pass on to him. And we gain so much through our parents. And the Bible tells us so much about that. Mm-hmm. And yet it's being neglected in our society of the father-son relationship. It's being neglected. you know. Right, yeah. The Bible has so much to say about it. Yeah. Um, I know you have some notes there. You, you have some things that you're prepared to talk about. Sure. Um, what, what are some of the, the, the categories, the areas of wisdom that, that Proverbs provides for us? Well, you know, it's interesting. I, we like to have Bible time in, in, our, in our family where we just open up the Bible together and uh, we share scripture together and we talk about it as a family. And, mm-hmm. and one thing um, that I think where wisdom begins for a child when we're trying to pass wisdom onto our children is instilling in them listening. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we can walk into a situation, I think we all understand this, and and maybe our wife is saying something and we're just not listening, you know? And she says, you know, did you not hear me? You know, and, and he said, can you just send me one more time? You know, I'm fine. okay, I got my listening ears now. Yeah. And, and it's the same with our children. You know, they can be looking at you, blink, 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 but they're not listening. Mm-hmm. And so the importance of listening is so important. Proverbs chapter two, you're reading from Proverbs one, one of my favorite passages mm-hmm. of scripture, but mm-hmm. Proverbs two says, my son, if thou will receive my words and hide my commandments with thee. You, to receive, you've got to be listening. To hide, you've got to be hearing. So that thou incline thine ear unto wisdom. To incline your ear, you've got to be listening. You've got to, you know, let me go, you know, I've, I have a friend of mine I do Bible studies with, one of the men in our church, you know, and and uh, uh, he, he has hearing aids. And sometimes he doesn't have his hearing aid in and he's, you know, he wants to li- <laughs> listen a bit closer, you know. And there was a story of this man he was getting, uh, he was a pastor and, and he was he was uh, deaf in one ear. And, and one of the ladies of the church uh, came over to him and, uh, and and she said, Pastor, and she said, pouring out her heart of all the things going on in her, in her life. And after about 10 minutes, he, he turned his head and says, could you say that in the other ear? You know, <laughs> missed the whole thing. You know, <laughs> you know we have to incline yeah. our ear onto wisdom and, and apply our heart to understanding verse three, yea, if thou criest after wisdom, and the heart of the child has to cry out after wisdom, if thou seekest her as, tre- as silver and searchest her for as for hid treasure, then shalt thou understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. And 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 I was sharing this with my family the other day. You're never going to find wisdom until you really want it. And you're never going to want it until you have ears to hear. And I think the first step in trying to instruct our children and pass on wisdom, because listen, no matter what your background is, whether you're a Christian or if you're not a Christian, you have wisdom to pass on to your children. You just do. You have life experience and they need to hear and you need to be able to get your children to get to the point where they want to listen. You know, that, that makes me think of the expression that we have today. Um, it's a hard knock life. Yeah. And people say, you know, I've been through the school of hard knocks. Yeah. And basically that what that means is you've bumbled your way through life. Mm. You've fallen down. You've tripped. You've stubbed your toe. You broke your ankle. 
um, because you didn't have wisdom for life, and so you had to find mm -hmm. it out the hard way. Yes. And I think you know, Lady Wisdom is crying out to us and saying, "It doesn't have to be that way." Yes, you know, you don't have to learn by the school of hard knocks because yeah. God told us, and He He said, you know, listen to wisdom. Yeah. And so this isn't something that that you have to absorb through making every single mistake <laughs> that right. you can make. Yeah. Uh, you can avoid these mistakes by following God's wisdom. And isn't that what we want for our children? Yeah. You know, you've got children, I've got children. You know, and we, we don't want our children to make the same mistakes we made. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. We want to avoid them. So you're sitting down. Josiah and I've had, Josiah, as Josiah said already, he's going over to, when he said he's, he's studying for the ministry, in America, he meant he's studying in America, not studying to stay in America, you know, but he's mm -hmm. over there and and, and uh, he spent a year in college. He's going back in a few weeks to college, but we've had lots of discussion where we discuss wisdom and discuss the things I've learned and we I listen to him. Maybe you want to talk about how we interact about yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, I think it's really important that um, my generation I th uh, doesn't, um, and I think every generation has this problem, that doesn't discount the previous generation because of some ways that they feel that they're irrelevant. Um, mm -hmm. Because I think it's really important that um, technology is a very good example because previous generations are typically not very good with the current technology. And uh, sometimes the younger generations feel like the older generation's irrelevant because of that. And and sometimes they, they bypass or, or put aside some other wisdom saying, oh, you're just totally irrelevant. And it's really important that uh, that we adapt the previous generation's wisdom to today's culture and today's uh, where we're at today because the same wisdom that can, was applied last generation was applied to previous generation all the way back through scripture. That's the same wisdom just applied to different circumstances. And so that's kind of the conversations that we have yeah. is just uh, my dad saying, you know, his life experiences and me talking about my opinions and, and we, we listen to each other and I listen to him knowing that he has m more life experience and that I can apply what he knows to my relevant uh, present now. Yeah, mm. and I think on that, just, just quickly make it the comment that I find when I listen to Josiah, he wants to listen to me. If I don't want to listen to him, he struggles to listen to me because I have to treat him as a man, yeah. you know, because he's 19 now. And, and so I've got to give him the respect. But then, you know, that building that relationship whereby he wants to listen is important to me. Otherwise, how can I help him to learn from my life experience? Yeah. yeah. Well, and I would say you're very blessed, too, to just have grown up in a home, you know, to be raised in a home where, you know, you were taught uh, wisdom out of Proverbs and out of the Bible. Yeah. And so you're actually in a position at 19 that you want to hear the wisdom that your dad has. Yeah. A lot of 19-year-olds, they, you know, they don't want to hear what dad says. Yeah. Um, and it just reminds me, too, that, you know, God's wisdom doesn't change. Yeah. yeah times change. And that's what every young person says, like, oh, dad, you know, things have changed. You know, we're living in in 2021 now. You know, this isn't 1976 or whatever. <laughs> but but God's, I mean, truth doesn't change. Right. Yes. And it, it just uh, reminds me, too, of um, a saying that uh, a good friend uh, used to say, um, uh, right is always right, even yeah. if no one is doing it. Yeah. Mm. And wrong is always wrong, even if everybody's doing it. Yeah. yeah. It's good. And um, it, it's just another way to say that wisdom doesn't change. Yeah. And so it is worth hearing what Dan yeah. has to say. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. And so, 
yeah, you're, you're blessed. You know, and you mentioned this, the stage, like, you know, it, my son is past the millennial stage, so he's a Generation Z, I think he is, and then the millennials are gen, Generation Y, and that is the baby boomers before the Generation X. But the point is, doesn't matter what generation you're in, our problems are all similar. Because mm. right. the Bible says there's no temptation taking you, but such as is common to man. So the struggles we face are actually similar. Now, some are in, in temptations are in the internet. Other temptations are in a magazine. You know, some temptations are are, are virtual. You know, where you're where you're stealing online. Where other temptations you're going into a shop to steal. You know, the point is. The technology doesn't change the struggles that we face. Mm -hmm. We all mm -hmm. have struggles. But the thing that's amazing, this book that we hold in our hands, which is two, three and a half, two, two to three and a half thousand years old. In other words, some of the some of those books in the Bible go back three and a half thousand years and other books two thousand years. The wisdom is powerful. Just as relevant today. Powerful. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Even even as an adult, you know, yeah. and I read through uh, been reading through Proverbs and have read through it recently and I still stuff strikes me yeah. like oh I need to do this more in my life mm -hmm. you know and I think that um, even in the secular world or outside of Christianity this is recognized fact that um, not only in the Bible but other books uh, that we read like um, uh, that we know okay there's wisdom in there even though it was written hundreds of years ago it's still applicable today we're still studying Shakespeare in English mm -hmm. because Humans haven't changed, and they right. never will change. But the power behind the Bible is that God wrote it for humans. Right. And so he has the infinite yes. wisdom that is from eternity past to eternity future. He's just mm -hmm. always been there. And so he right. doesn't become irrelevant. Right. Right. And so which, timeless, timeless book. Which goes back to, you know, the idea of we want our children then to learn so they don't repeat our mistakes. Because every parent wants a better life for their children than what they had. Yes. You know, sometimes uh -huh. we can make, we can bubble wrap them, bubble wrap them too much, you know, <laughs> which we want to avoid because they have to make mistakes. Because yep. as my dad says, a man who never made a mistake, never made anything, you know, and it's fair. Mm -hmm. yeah. You know, it's a fair point. You've got to. But at the same time, we want to help them to avoid things like Proverbs 27, 11 says, my son, be wise and make my heart glad that I may answer him that reproacheth me. A prudent, a prudent man foreseeth evil and hideth himself. So how can our children foresee evil and hide yeah. themselves unless they get wisdom from their parents? If every teenager could just learn that one concept, mm. <laughs> foresee evil yep. and avoid it at yeah. all costs. Hide yeah. yourself from it. Do anything it takes to avoid that. Yeah. And, and yet... Uh, that's not what teenagers do. They have to go seek out trouble. <laughs> yeah. And there's a problem in our culture today that um, sometimes they're not even being taught to foresee evil. Yeah. Right. And what is evil? It's yeah. all relative to yeah. what you want, what makes you happy. Evil is becoming smaller and smaller right. in yes. our culture. Yes. Right. And so, yeah, people are totally blinded to what evil is. They'll walk right into evil and yeah. have no clue this yeah. is evil. And then get out on the other side and... You know, have this headache. <laughs> Wonder where did that come from? Yeah. What, what happened here? But parents need wow. to speak up. I think I think parents are being pushed. You know, um, w w this culture is trying to silence parents mm -hmm. so that they're afraid to tell their children what they need to hear. Like I work with addictions ministries. You know, and I I, I volunteer um, and and I speak once a week to in the men's home. And uh, I asked the man the other day. How many of you were told by your parents, don't do drugs? And they all were. Mm, they wow. all were. They, you know, but the, but the thing is they weren't listening. 
Yeah. But even if children struggle to listen, there still needs to be that building of a relationship where the where we get to the point where, I mean, a parent should always want to tell their children things to help them avoid the same pitfalls they might have fallen in themselves. It's, mm-hmm. st- it's still in the parent. You can't take that away from a parent. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, they're no longer parenting. You right. know? Yeah. But at some point, uh, even a child has to take some personal responsibility right. to listen. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And then to apply the wisdom. And that's really what wisdom is crying out for, yeah. is uh, to teach these simple, foolish young people who just don't have the wisdom. I mean, you could be an adult and be a yeah. simpleton. <laughs> that's <laughs> true. We've got to avoid foolish. that, right? <laughs> but, but a fool, but particularly young people uh, who just don't have the life experience. Yeah. And uh, the father wants so desperately to instill yeah. this in his child yeah and uh yeah they when dad says there's a pothole out here on the yeah. on the lane yeah. i'm talking about <laughs> where i live yeah uh, i slowed down I, first <laughs> I, I live on a lane with a lot of potholes yeah. we, we live in a i live in a bog area yeah. you know and so the ground is kind of unstable yeah and uh imagine if my one of my children started driving now my oldest is 14 but imagine mm-hmm. when she starts driving hey listen gabrielle there's a there's a pothole out there yeah and then uh, you got to avoid that pothole, get all the way over on the right. Yeah. And then here she goes right through it. Boom, you know, damages the, bends the rim on the, the wheel or okay, something. Yeah. I told you, yeah. you know, uh, and that's what young people do. But, but true wisdom mm-hmm. is hearing instruction and then heeding it, yeah. you know, applying it and avoiding the trouble. You know, mm-hmm. on that point, I think parents have a tool that they need to start using. Let me explain what I mean by that. Every child wants the approval of their parents. Mm-hmm. It doesn't yeah. matter how much they fight. You know, I, I just speak to the parents out there. If you have parent, children who are kicking and screaming and giving you all sorts of fits, it doesn't matter. And, you know, they can do it when they're two or three or they can do it when they're 23. And I mean, I've seen mm-hmm. yeah. adult children kicking and screaming and acting like children. And I'm just thinking, what's going on here is so weird, you know, sort of way. But that was never caught in their youth and never dealt with properly. But that's mm-hmm. another story. But the point is, it doesn't matter. Children want the approval of their girls want their well of their parents both parents they want the approval and that's a tool parents need to hone in on because the bible says in in um proverbs 23 verse 22 hearken unto thy father that begat thee and despise not thy mother when she is old buy the truth and sell it not also wisdom and instruction and understanding the father of the righteous shall greatly rejoice and he begetteth, he that begetteth a wise child shall have joy in him. And I want to tell you something. When your children do what they're supposed to do, honoring God and honoring their family and honoring their parents, the dad's heart is filled with joy. Hmm. Now, one of the faults of parents is they think, oh, I don't want to build their head up too much. I won't give them approval. No, children actually need approval. Oh, big time. And they need to know. Maybe just say, maybe you should speak on that just a little bit there. Yeah, I think it's really important. Um, some, it's It's been known for a long time that one of the biggest causes of um, kids and particularly stat show boys in jail is fatherless homes mm-hmm. or absent mm-hmm. fathers. And sometimes it could be as small as them needing their dad to tell them i'm proud of you yeah and 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 boys will go to dangerously insane lengths to prove to their dad that they're worth something yeah. and they're worth being mm-hmm. proud of and and i it's it's sad sometimes in our culture 
um, how lacking that is in the father's role to say, this is what a man looks like. When you've achieved this, you've become a man. And then when they get there, say, you're a man now, well done. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Boys Absolutely. crave that yeah. or they just feel insecure in their masculinity. Yeah, mm, which is yeah. crazy. You know, and uh, I was sharing a story with you earlier um, when, the, and I think, Josiah, I think you sent me this video actually, was there was a, a grown man, he was in his 40s and his dad was dying of cancer and the, and, and the man left his wife and his children and left his job, quit his job to take care of his dad who was dying of cancer. And he didn't have a good relationship with his dad, but he said, you know, my dad's dying. I want to, I, I, I love my dad. I want to do something for my dad. And he, you know, his, his, it, his dad died over a period of like eight months, whatever the period was. In the eight months, he went into massive debt. He lost his job. He lost his home. He lost his marriage. And at the end of his days, his dad's days, he asked dad, he said, dad, have I ever done anything that would make you proud? And his dad said, nothing I can think of right now. Wow. Yeah. Wow, that's sad. And, you know, I think, how sad? Mm. How sad? But the thing is, now, that, that man who gave this testimony, mm. he found a way out of that hole, so to speak. But it, it just goes to show me, people in their 40s even, want their dad's approval. Mm. And there's very, very, very few people, seemingly, who could succeed without knowing that their parents approve of what they do. That's a tool. And the tool is this, to use that to really commend your children when they do right. Yes, mm -hmm. yeah. And just say, you know, it doesn't honour your dad when you do wrong. And the kids know that. But, but when they do the right, because even people who do wrong do right sometimes. You know? yeah, yeah, so yeah. prove that. So yeah. you can't prove wrong, but you can prove right. The, the and and just the broken clock. The broken clock is right twice a day. Yeah, 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 yeah. exactly. But you want to say something on that? I don't know. No, no, uh, no. No, definitely. I I was gonna say that um, there was one time in Proverbs where I found it quite um, helpful. It's uh, a, a specific time because I, I went through like we were talking about a stage of reading Proverbs once a day and, and really trying to get as much wisdom from that. And I'm just going to pull up the verse now. But uh, I think in, is it in the first chapter of Proverbs, the Bible says that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. And another part, it says uh, that the be that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And, and um, I was reading that and I'm trying to get wisdom for myself and trying to grow closer to God in, in my Christian life. And I'm just wondering, um, you know, what is this fear of the Lord at the bottom of, the, uh, of, of it? What's the foundation? What does is, what is fear of the Lord really mean in its substance? And I was praying and I was asking God, you know, show me, what does this mean? And then I keep reading Proverbs and I get to Proverbs 8. And it answers the question. And I love that because uh, I, this happens all the time in the Bible. You're reading the Bible and, and it, the Bible presents a question or a statement that feels incomplete. And then you keep reading the Bible and it answers itself. Amen. And in Amen. Proverbs 8, 13, it says, The fear of the Lord is to hate evil pride and arrogancy and the evil way and the froward mouth do I hate. And it, and it, was, it was like a direct answer from the yeah. Lord. And it was saying, you know, if you want to know what it means to fear me, you need to know what it means to hate what I hate. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Because if you learn how to hate what I hate, you will be respecting my holiness. Yeah. And and it, and I just love that. And and that was something that helped um, just push me forward in my pursuit of wisdom. It's like, okay, God, help me really learn what it means to hate evil, 
so that I can learn to love you and love righteousness and love wisdom. Sounds like an attitude of repentance is what, what you're Absolutely, saying. Yeah. You know, because hating what God hates and loving what God loves is repentance because you know, your repentance is a change of mind. It's going from one side to the other. It's it's realizing I'm going the wrong way and I need to go the right way. And and children who are going the wrong way, going the way of the fool, mm-hmm. which is the way of the world, really. You mm-hmm. know, honestly, I'm not trying to be disrespectful or mean, yeah. but this world is goes the way of the fool. It just does. You have mm-hmm. people from... You know, from the, the gray-headed person all the way down to the child is going the way of the fool, it seems. And there's very few people want to go the way of the wise. But, but but when you say, I'm going the wrong way, you repent. And you start to hate the things that God hates and love the way God, the things that God loves. And then it gives you a Godward attitude because none of this w- works unless you have a fear of God. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Does it? No. Yeah, I mean, having both an awe and a healthy fear that, hey, I'm accountable to God. Yeah. That, mm. that God is in heaven yeah. and he does expect things from me. Yeah. And he has given us wisdom that we're to obey. Yeah. And uh, the foolish, you know, the, the simpleton mm. doesn't have God's wisdom and so walks around oblivious to the things that God requires of us. And the fool may know what God requires and then walk um, as, as the simpleton uh, and just walk as if what God says doesn't matter. It's crazy. And it's to crazy. walk in the fear of the Lord really means to yeah. walk in awe of who God is mm. and that I'm accountable to him yeah. and that that I'm accountable to his word. Yes. And so we have to come to that understanding and that's the very beginning of wisdom. Yeah. But it's a win-win situation. It's a Uh win-win situation because when we get to the point where we realize I'm going the wrong way, I am accountable to God, I need to repent and I need to put my faith in God through his son, Jesus Christ. It's a win-win situation. We win because God cleans up our life and helps us to go the right way. We win because life starts working the way it's supposed to, like you start missing the potholes. Yeah. <laughs> and we win, yeah. and God wins. Yeah. Because then he has drawn us to himself, so he wins and we wins. It's a win-win situation. Right. And we fulfill yeah. who we're meant to be. Right. Yeah. And, and mm-hmm. I think that one of the biggest things that people miss when they don't want the wisdom of God is not some happy feeling that comes, but simply the fulfillment of knowing you're being who you were created to be. Absolutely. And God created us to walk in his ways and yeah. to be wise. And when we're not walking it, we you you just will never know yeah. what it's like to walk fulfilled in, in God's role for your life. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. And just, just as a kind of a related idea, uh, you know, we were talking earlier about where do people get their wisdom from. Yeah. And I talk to a lot of people, and it's amazing to me how many people get their wisdom from uh, like Eastern mystics wow. and just other religions, yeah. other holy books. Yeah. Um, how many people have sometime in their life listened to or been interested in a man like Deepak, Deepak Chopra, for example, or maybe in America, I don't know about here, but Oprah Winfrey. <laughs> <I'm sure>. um, <laughs> and a lot of people yeah. will challenge me. Yeah. And when I talk about the Bible, they'll say, yeah, well, what about this other yeah. holy book? Yeah. Or what about this? And the Bible is very exclusive, and it says the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. So people think they have wisdom from these other sources, and uh, but they're ignorant of God, and what they think is not true. It's actually not wisdom like they think it is. And so, uh, you know, God's truth is the only source of wisdom. And so we have to come to the right place. But no matter what religion, I had this conversation with with our church people, you know, no matter what book you 
or what religion you are part of or what book you follow. Everyone who's religious accepts that the Bible is a holy book mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and it's a sacred book. Mm-hmm. You know, and the Bible makes claims of itself 3,200 times. Thus saith the Lord, God has spoken. You yeah. know, the thing is, and the gospel, which is the core message of the Bible, is exclusive. Yes. Jesus said, I am the way. Mm-hmm. I am the truth. And I am the way. Not, yeah. not to keep returning to this too much, but the pothole analogy, I mean, missing yeah. that, missing the gospel and yeah. missing the wisdom in God's word is yeah. like falling into the ultimate pothole. Oh, Whoops, didn't see that one coming, you know. And I mean, eternal to miss consequences, the wisdom of God and not be prepared for eternity. Right. And so it, it totally makes sense that the fear of the Lord is the very beginning of yeah. wisdom. Because how can you claim to have wisdom in your life and to be walking according to wisdom and not see the biggest pothole in your life, which is eternity without God? Now, you're talking about the fear of the Lord. Now, people from maybe a Catholic background will say, listen, I'm done with fearing God because it was bet into me, you mm-hmm. know, and I don't want to fear God. So how would you define the fear of the Lord then? Well, um, a lot of people make a hard distinction between um, a dread of God and an awe of God, like a worship of God. And what I tend to say is we can't make that hard distinction. Um, There may be different nuances of the same thing. When you worship God, there is a healthy dread of God. And it's kind of like the father-son relationship, Mm. right? There's an abusive type of a father who who abuses his son, and the father has a dread, doesn't want to be beaten by dad, so runs and hides from dad. But that's not what a loving father is like. A loving father disciplines his child, but, but the son knows that his father loves him. And so there's a there's a healthy dread of dad, uh, of the discipline, but also a very healthy knowledge of the love of the father. Mm-hmm. And I think to fear God is both of those. Yeah. I, I think if we emphasize one over the other, we're going to run into a, an, a very unhealthy extreme. Mm-hmm. If God is the abusive parent, as probably many Catholics think of him as, then they're going to run away from him and try to hide from him. And God doesn't want that. And and if if it's just kind of an awe of, wow, God is awesome, then I I think maybe we're in danger then of not truly heeding the wisdom here and just thinking that, uh, you know, I have God's favor no matter what. Mm. Like God is not cool true. or anything. Right, it's yeah. not walking yeah. in the fear of yeah. the Lord. Yeah, yeah like, like God's the, the, the cool dad who's my best friend, yeah. and he doesn't care what my life turns out like because we're just best buds, yeah. you know? Yeah. And a lot of people think of God that way. And so the, you have these two extremes. And what, have, what do you think as a, as a young person, you know, <laughs> of the fear of the Lord? I, I think, well, let's go back to the cool God mm-hmm. uh, analogy. Cause that's, I think, a very big movement right now in Christianity is making God as cool and as pop culture relevant as possible. Mm -hmm. And I think it's extremely dangerous because what we're doing is we're bringing God down to our level. And um, (laughs) other religions wouldn't dare do that. No, because you, you you remove what a deity means. Yeah. And exactly. and when we point. bring God down to our level, he's no longer God, 
he's human. Yeah. And he's no longer what it means to be a god. A god is above humanity. And so we're creating a false image. Kind of like the pot-smoking hippie Jesus. Yes. yes. The long-haired yep. pot-smoking yeah. hippie Jesus. That's yeah. that's the cool god. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And that's not the god of the Bible. No. Because the god of the Bible loves people. And the God of the Bible cares for people, and the God of the Bible wants to be your friend, but he's also the same God who sends sinners to hell. Right. The same God that struck people dead. Right. And and so he is to be loved, and he has a relationship, but he's to be feared. Right. Yeah, you know, we, ought, we ought to know as we're going through life, um, there's a passage in Ecclesiastes that uh, that I like to, to, uh, to use that... Um, Basically, Solomon says again, you know, go through life, do what you're going to do, mm -hmm. uh, and you know, rejoice in all these things. But know this: that for all these things, God is going to bring you into judgment. Yes. Yeah. And so, go yeah. about your life, and you know, do, and do the things, live your life how you want to live. But know this: God mm -hmm. is going to judge you. He is a God to be feared. Mm -hmm. There's a dread sense to the fear. You know, that that's interesting because you know, <clears throat> when you read the book of Hebrews, it. it, it it comments the old the New Testament comments a lot on the Old Testament. That's why you have to read the Old Testament and then read the New Testament and, and see the commentary. It's it's just amazing. Mm -hmm. And uh, you read in the New Testament in Hebrews chapter ten about Moses getting the Ten Commandments from the Lord in Mount Sinai. And Moses it make, Moses makes a statement. He says, "I exceedingly fear and and quake." So mm -hmm. Moses is shaking with fear, mm -hmm. but yet. When you have the right fear of God, it doesn't push you away from God. Because he wasn't running. He wasn't right. running. Yeah. It draws you to he him. He wanted to see God. He God, wanted, let me see you. That's the yeah. right fear. Yeah. You know, if yeah. the fear if the fear you have of God is pushing you away from God, that, that fear is of the devil. Yeah. yeah. But the fear you have of God is drawing you to him. That fear is of God. Yes. You know? Mm -hmm. And it's a good fear. It's, it's a healthy fear. Mm. It really is. Because it helps you get right with him. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Very good. Yeah. Is there one more topic on there? Well, we I want to make one more comment, you know, okay, if, if yes. I may, if uh -huh, I may. Absolutely. Proverbs 23, verse 26, just to bring the whole thing together, because mm -hmm. um, parents in this country, which I love so dearly, this, this which we love so dearly, parents in this country have dropped the ball mm -hmm. concerning giving religious instruction to their children. Yeah. First of all, we gave it to the church, then we gave it to the school. Now the church is not really the, the church is dropping the ball on a lot of stuff i think people understand that you know and then then the school is totally once it all gone and certain politicians are trying to eradicate all religious education from schools so it needs to go back to the home again which is where it really should have been instructed where the instruction should have happened in the first place mm -hmm. yes churches have let us down i we all agree on that but but the home is really the primary institution uh, for instruction and um in our in our constitution in this country from 2000, it, it was put in our constitution that the parent is a primary primary instructor of the children. Mm. And really, every one of us needs to be homeschoolers in religion, okay? It's yeah. just the way it has to be, in yeah. religion. Yeah. And Proverbs 23, verse 26 says, My son, give me thine heart and let thine eyes observe my ways. And when I say this instructions in religion, I'm not talking about, you know, you need to teach your children catechism classes or something like that. What I'm saying is teach your children just to fear God. Yeah. Teach them to fear God. Teach them to know God. Teach them to love God. And if you don't have that yourself, you need to find a church where the Bible's preached and taught and yeah. clearly taught. Yeah, I hear there's yeah. a good one in Lucan. Yeah, I heard there's a good one in Navan, you know. And, and I just want to say, but, 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 but that's important because mm -hmm. how can you Give your children something you don't have yourself. Yeah. Yes. And and what you want, parents, is 
the heart of your children. And one thing I've I've gone out of my way all my life for, I'm a pastor, I'm a minister in Lucan, but I've told my congregation, I've told my family many times, I'll drop everything for my kids and for my wife. My family is first, end mm-hmm. of story. Mm-hmm. And so if any, if Josiah got into trouble in the States or whatever, and I, I, I'd be <laughs> over there in the next plane if they'd let me in, you know, because I have visa yeah. issues, but that's another story. With, with Rod in here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But the point is, the point is, you know, my, my family is number one, yeah. you know? And the mm-hmm. thing is, um, if you don't have that attitude, if your work is number one or your your sport is number one, you know, the football when the Premier League starts up again or whatever, you know, if if your pleasures, your hobbies are number one, you're never going to get the heart of your children. Right. Yeah. Proverbs 23, 26, my son, give me thine heart. You want the heart of your children. Once you have the heart of your children, then you can instruct them and they're willing to listen. And can I just add please, to that? Please. When you're saying family's number one, yeah. just to clarify, we're saying... When, it talk, when we're talking about earthly things here. Because yeah. obviously God is always number one. Because if we don't get us right with the Bible yeah. and us right with God, yeah. we'll never get our family, family right. right. That's yes. right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And so like what I say, I love the Lord more than I love my wife. I yeah. love the Lord more than I love my son. Yeah, shockers. Shockers. But but you love the Lord? Yeah, more than anyone. And I yeah. have to. I have because to. If, if that's number one, then through God's love, I can love everyone more than I could on my own. Absolutely. Yes, more perfectly. Absolutely. Yes, absolutely. Knowing God's love. Yes. Yeah, very good. Uh, well, just a point of application here. Maybe you're sitting there asking yourself, what, what can I do with all of this? And it might be a little bit overwhelming to think, I need to teach my children wisdom mm-hmm. and to fear God and know God. And a dad will be sitting there thinking, how do I do this? Yes. This isn't me. You know, I can't do that. And here's something really simple that you can do. I hope you have a Bible at home. Just take out the Bible and read Proverbs with your family. Have you ever done that before? To yeah. just sit down with your family and read the Bible? You know, there's something very um, fulfilling, mm. uh, very meaningful about that. Yeah. And it's a way to just bond the family together. Mm. You know, the family members draw closer to one another when we read the Bible together. And so this is one very simple thing. Dads, you don't have to have it, have it all figured out. But just sit down with your family and just read Proverbs and like I said, there's 31 chapters in Proverbs. If you read one chapter every day, maybe a half a chapter with your family, it wouldn't take that long. And and then you can just discuss it together. What is God trying to teach me about his wisdom? Yeah. What is he trying to teach me about the fear of the Lord? And uh, you'll find that your children will absorb wisdom like sponges, right? Just like everything else. I mean, Absolutely. they're going to pick up wisdom. Definitely. And uh, who knows, you might even start to see a change in them around the house if you hold them to it and, um, and try to instill in them this timeless um, wisdom from God. And let me share in closing here one more thing. I think we mentioned this uh, maybe earlier uh, as we were talking before the podcast that, you know, it says that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge and the beginning of wisdom. And... God gave us the very embodiment of wisdom in his son, Jesus Christ. And actually, when you read Proverbs, it's uh, Lady Wisdom crying this out and pleading for wisdom. Read this in the voice of Jesus. You know, Jesus is the very embodiment of wisdom. Jesus is the wisdom of God in bodily form. 
um, in human form. And just uh, listen to this as if it were Jesus saying it. Jesus is crying without. Um, He utters his voice in the streets. He cries in the chief place of concourse. In the openings of the gates, in the city, he is uttering his words, saying, How long, you simple ones? We love simplicity, and the scorners delight in their scorners, and fools hate knowledge. Turn you at my reproof. Isn't that the gospel? Yes. You're talking about repentance. Turn you at my reproof. When, when the Bible says that you're a sinner, turn and repent of that. Uh, and that's the beginning of wisdom. And then... Imagine Jesus saying this, Behold, I will pour out my spirit unto you. I will make known my words unto you. So seek after God and you'll find him. And the promise of Jesus in the New Testament, this is in the Old Testament. When we get to the New Testament, it uh, the promise is when we place our faith in Jesus Christ, he does pour out his spirit to mm-hmm. us. We, we actually get the gift of the Holy Spirit when we place our trust in Jesus Christ mm-hmm. for salvation. And that is the beginning of wisdom. It's the spirit of God working in you and helping you to understand the Bible and uh, giving you the desire to want to obey the Bible. And so, you know, we've shared a lot of things here, but just very simply, read Proverbs with your family and uh, seek after wisdom. Ultimately, you're seeking after Jesus Christ. You want to place your trust in Jesus Christ, uh, and that's where wisdom truly starts. If you haven't been saved, you need to yes. be saved mm-hmm. and avoid the ultimate you know, doom or shipwreck um, of eternal damnation in hell that Jesus talked about. Um, don't be a simpleton and a fool when it comes to your eternity. Um, Obey the gospel and place your trust in Jesus Christ. Um, And then, you know, go on from there and come to God and feed on his word and learn this wisdom. And and please, you know, share this with your family. It's just what you talked about. Uh, uh, That families need this and uh, your family needs it and so does mine. And you know what? We'll see society transformed if that were to happen. Uh, It's a staggering thought. Mm. Um, All right. Well, um, I think we'll have some follow-up discussions um, about this. Uh, If you're still with us, uh, it was great to have you. Uh, Thank you for watching today and may God bless you. Thank you. God bless you.